On Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fortiegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday. Well, if the last six weeks didn't satisfy Carl Alberto Diego, then nothing will from fortiegos.com. Of course, tonight from 11, the boys will be back together for an hour between 11 and 12. And check them out on Twitter too, at Fortiegos. Carlos, how are you doing, mate? How are you, half? How are you going? Doesn't make you satisfied? Good... Yeah, I am very satisfied. I'll be more satisfied at the end of the hour, though, because we're our fill of football. We can talk with people yeah, yeah, out there, our like listeners. I love, I love the hour where we can just interact with our listeners and have a chat about all sorts of things. Debate sometimes, love sometimes, a bit of romance sometimes. Times oh. it's all done on radio. It's fantastic. And by the way, our, uh, all our listeners out there, it doesn't make for good radio. But I should call you Hugo Boss half today. Why is that? You're immaculately dressed, <laughs> immaculate. I just thought I'd step it up. Corporate Wednesday, unbel- unbel- nothing special happening. Corporate Wednesday on halftime. I thought you knew more coming in a suit, and I thought sometimes I'm a little bit underdressed for you. I'm telling you, I stepped you. it up, and you're working you're yeah. in a beanie. Yeah, I'm walking with a beanie, <laughs> and I got all the all the uh, at in the office only. No meetings, no outside uh, interaction at all for me today. So I've got the I've really down. It is I've funny though. Downscale my the, dress code today. The reaction you get around here when you rock up in a suit—it <laughs> is very funny. <laughs> what was the offence? They as soon as you walk in, what was the offence? What was the charge? No, no, no charges. I just like wearing shorts normally. Yes, now you're looking good. Sometimes you got to do other stuff. Mm. I just wish very slimming too. By the way, you must have the slim shorts. fit shirt today. <laughs> I appreciate you saying yeah. so, Carlos. You say all the right things. Have you got any fatigue, Carlos? Have you World Cup um, fatigued? Uh, look, I, you know, I, I've got a bit of a hangover, a little bit of a hangover. Yeah. Uh, I, I sort of didn't want it to end, the, the World Cup. And I suppose half the problem was the fact that I went to Brazil too for, for you know, for three weeks. It's during jet lag. Yeah, I know. It's not, it's yeah. hangover. Yeah, it's absolutely. Jet lag. Jet lag. But uh, I don't know. I, I, this one's just been a really special one. Uh, and I we went to South Africa. When we got back, we sort of enjoyed the rest of you know, the the uh, you know the knockout rounds and then right up to the final. But this one, I don't know what it was. Uh, uh, a lot of warm, look, a lot of warm feelings. To, yeah, fuzzy feelings. Yeah, warm and fuzzy. Uh, every now and again, you'd be driving around or doing something pretty menial, and something you, you flash back to a, a really nice moment over there or something in the World Cup. And I don't know, it, uh, I'll miss this one, I reckon. Really? Yeah. There's a little bit of a, well, a longing. The, I'm, I'm longing for it already. What did um, what did Sep give the World Cup? Nine point two five. FIFA gave the World Cup nine point two five out of ten. Yeah, but this this uh, I don't I don't even rate uh, FIFA ranking, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not interested in what Sep has got to say. I mean, he's but always the, got some the, reason. The perception behind. has been that this has been one of the great World Cups. Yeah, it's interesting too because I mean, everyone's talking about it's probably the the World Cup where people were coming in and there was stadiums unbuilt. I mean, there were talk there were talk. There was talk about every World Cup, especially in so-called, you know, uh, developing nations, mm. that uh, most of the World Cups, are, you know, people aren't ready. But you tend to be three months out, have all the stadiums tested and everything like that. They didn't, uh, from my knowledge, they, they didn't ha- actually have every stadium tested before the World Cup in Brazil. But I've got to say, they were beautiful stadiums. So absolutely beautiful stadiums in there. Uh, and I suppose it helped that, you know, every game we went to was a sunny day and it's just beautiful well, the colors. weather was extraordinary it was really good there was not too much rain or anything like that uh I, I, every aspect of it was terrific i and if sep gives it the 9.25 for me i can't think of a better world cup for me personally in the experiences i had well well might get to call you mentioned before you're sort of warm and fuzzy moments mm. people's wow moments yeah. and, and fuzzy moments from the world cup we'll take some calls on that uh, 9429 11 16 on the open line great prizes to give away too here on halftime 
this afternoon. We'll get uh, through those. Give them away if you get involved. 949-1116 with your wow moments. I've got one. Yeah. Now, it's pretty obvious. But there hasn't been a time where I've jumped off my couch higher, I don't think, than when Tim Carr replied mm. to the first Dutch goal mm. uh, in that game against the Netherlands. I mean, that was just... that, And still is. Mm. Uh, despite what you said last time we spoke about uh, somebody else's goal being better... Uh, Van Basten or not? Sorry, uh, during this World Cup. Yeah, in this World Cup, you said somebody was Uh, was better. James Rodriguez. James had a great World Cup, but there's no better goal than Tim Carroll's goal. Yeah, that was my moment. You had your wow moment on the couch at home Mm. in your Turak apartment. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I had the wow moment in the stadium, and I reckon I heard the boot come off the, the the ball come off the laces. That's how close we were to it. We were and, close. Yeah, uh, and, you know, we were just, we were actually, it was actually funny if you'd taped us, if you'd recorded us, we were abusing our defence for allowing Robin to run half the length of the field oh, to so, score the so goal. Was, it was amateurish schoolboy defending. And then the next minute we kicked off thinking, oh, no, you know, what's going to happen now? We're going to concede another one like we did against Chile in the first game. And uh, suddenly, out of nowhere, McGowan, who didn't have the best World Cup, but probably the best thing he did during the World Cup was hook it over to Timmy Cale and off the laces on his non-preferred. and uh, volley over the and, shoulder. And hitting the crossbar. See, that's the other thing. He hit the crossbar. He meant that. Well, hit the crossbar, and we've seen so many times where he hits the crossbar and doesn't cross the line. So we didn't really know at first whether it crossed the line. Ah. So there were all these things that happened in a split second. And uh, that certainly was a wow moment. And, uh, you know, wow with tingles and There, there was tingles. Was and, there and, a... Uh, yeah, well, was was what's there the a... There's got to be, yeah. Was He's there a bit, bit of slow. a moment? Yeah, I, yeah, I've got a spring in my, in my, in my pants. Uh, ab- absolutely. A bit slow today. But, absolutely. Uh, he's with yeah. us now. It's all right. He's yeah, back yeah. on. No, that was fantastic. But... Uh, uh, and we were in the stadium for that, but then uh, James Rodriguez uh, against uh, Uruguay in the knockout stages, uh, his goal was fantastic. And uh, for the purists out there, James, he had his back to goal when he received the ball, but you could just see as he was receiving it on his chest, he, he cushioned it up. Shoulder. He cushioned it up and almost looked to the goals before, you know, he took his eye off the ball as it's as he's cushioned it up and just it was technically a brilliant goal so those purists out there would have loved to see that and it would have been kiddies in the backyard Jeez. practicing that over and over again all around the world so you'll see a, a glut of Hamas Rodriguez half volleys uh, you know in world football over the next 10 years and they'll credit him it was that was fantastic by the way people talk about that goal he had a chance to settle the ball but there was another goal he scored early in the tournament and I didn't know a lot about Hummers going into the tournament he actually uh, he's half time zone by the way absolutely (laughs) he actually scored a terrific goal against Japan where he sort of uh, got past one or two defenders and shipped it over the goalkeeper delicately and uh, that that's what really uh, I'm thinking who is this guy that that looked uh, world world class so yeah Certainly those two moments there were my, my wow moments. There was a few other goals, but certainly they were the top of the list for me. 949-1116 with your wow moments from the World Cup. Matthew and Karen Downs is first up. G'day, Matty. Yeah, g'day, Daniel. G'day, Carlos. How are you, mate? Look, uh, look I just really want to congratulate North Korea on their win um, in the World <laughs> Cup. What was it, 7-1 over Portugal? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, I know they beat the US 7-0 and China 4-0. Uh, something like that anyway. Now, is that legit uh, feedback or is that just people having fun with that because that's what uh, they think would happen? No, no. I think North Korea are actually running their own World Cup. Oh. 
they've got their own stadium there. I don't know whether any of the players are from any other nation other than theirs. But, um, yeah, no, there was uh, some footage of, uh, obviously, propaganda of, of the North Korean team absolutely in the World Cup. So congratulations to North Korea. <laughs> Apparently they're four-time winners in yeah, their own country. I think they're one of the greats. Under, <laughs> underrated and uh, underloved by the soccer population, <laughs> yeah. I would have thought. Thank you, Matty. Yes, uh, always great under Kim Jong's reign there. They've been... Hugely successful in the sporting arena. Mm. I like their esteemed leader, of course. Mm. Um, AKA oh. Sip Bladder, too. <laughs> <laughs> don't go mentioning propaganda in North Korea on this show. I don't want to be blown up. Thank you, Matthew. Tom's on the road. G'day, Tom. G'day, boys. How are you? Look, um, look um, some memorable moments. I've watched many World Cups, and um, this was a fantastic World Cup. Some standout World Cups for me were... Um, Definitely, 1978 World Cup was the, one of the best, and particularly the Dutch um, scoring long-range goals. I mean, it was just so exciting. Um, but I'd have to say the 86 World Cup and a memorable game between Belgium and Russia in a quarter-final. Mm, yep. the, the, the World Cup that we've seen, though, um, was just amazing. I'd have to say the goal of the tournament would have to be not just for technique, uh, but pressure all round would have to be the winner in the uh, final and take my hat off to Germany. They just played absolutely brilliant technique, technical football. Yeah, you talk about good technique, Goethe, to bring it down on his chest. And then often when you stretch like that, it, you sort of toe-poke it and sometimes yeah. you don't know where it goes, but he got it off the laces. Good contact, oh, oh, yeah. The, the, it was almost like he visualised it before it happened. You know, you talk about visualisation, practising it before it happened. He, he just received, and he just knew it was going to be a goal off the boot. And, uh, you know what? Uh, we haven't talked much. We haven't talked at all about the game. No, we'll I thought, yeah, I thought Argentina were a bit unlucky too. But anyway, right. Uh, Germany well, were I'd, the best side during the World Cup, but I thought Argentina was unlucky. Well, I both in the teams final. had some pretty good looks through mm. the afternoon mm. um, and just didn't capitalise, probably due to the pressure. Tommy, thanks for your call, mate. Appreciate that. It's a lot of feedback just regards to the Germans. What's his name? Goetze. Is that how we pronounce Goetze. it? Goetze. Goetze. Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of feedback uh, that he is the wow moment because along with him comes. Uh, the beautiful partner, who now, of course, is <laughs> yes. uh, significant news across the globe, yes. um, is Ms. I can't remember her name. I'm going to find it very shortly. It's not Getting a lot of love off the SMS is the partner of. I yeah. can't quite work out her name. Yeah, there's a few of them, She's though. In the paper today. Uh, I do know that. Uh, the, the, Catherine Brommel. Yeah. And Catherine. And yeah. Catherine Brommel. She's getting a lot of love. The, 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 so she's a wow moment for a lot of people off the SMS. And correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but uh, I honestly, I've never seen the wags on the ground after the game. I've never seen that before. Is that just new, or is that, or have I just switched off before? You've probably turned over. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Uh, I've never... that the Socceroos didn't. Win. <laughs> I've never seen the wags on the ground at the end celebrating with the boys. So, uh, you know, of course, the winners got the wags. The losers, Argentinians, no wags. Wag free. Yeah, I'm not sure whether they just wave the wags away. Or whether they've um, whether they're not allowed to have them on, but uh, they certainly didn't have any Argentinian chickadees on there. That's for sure. <laughs> chickadees, I love that from you. <laughs> Eighteen past one year World Cup wow moments after the break. Nine forty nine, eleven sixteen. We've got some tremendous giveaways this afternoon on the program, and Carlos is on fire, beanie and all. <laughs> On 1116 SEN, Halftime with Daniel Harford for Midas and Waverley BMW. The all-new BMW 2 Series is now available. 21 past one on a Wednesday afternoon. That means Carlos Alberto Diego is in the chair across the desk and I love it on a Wednesday when he comes in, particularly after a massive World Cup, a hugely successful World Cup, and we're taking your wow moments on the open line, 9429-1116. Michael's in Minion. Where's Minion, Michael? Yeah, that's the guy. We're going half and cold. Minion's down south Gippsland near um, Lean Gatha or uh, Inverloch. Oh, right, huh? Gibby boy. Well, it's great to have Gibby you on board. Boy. Yeah. 
wow moment. That 7-1 result by mm. Brazil, for, for a team that was so pumped up, how overrated were them? And then they couldn't even get through to finish third. Watching the crowd, all the emotion and all the tears, like they really thought they were going to make it through to the final, but they were very overrated. And I give credit to Germany, Germany and Argentina because they were obviously the best two teams I got through. Michael, you know the, the, the thing about uh, that 7-1 loss, you sometimes get... You know, even the big teams, you know, 2-0 with, you know, 15 minutes to go and they open up and they concede a heap of goals and, yep. and you can sort of understand why. But they were 5-0 down in at, minutes. At, 31, 30 minutes. at 31 minutes and, and they hadn't conceded until the 11th minute and only conceded their second in the 23rd minute. So that was, I mean, it was a wow, probably six or seven minutes after the 23rd minute where they completely, we saw the unravelling of a team on a global start, uh, they global, melted, didn't they? Yeah, I, I was just saying a half during the during the break. Has he ever, at your level of AFL or VFL, did you did you ever have a, a team of elite athletes completely capitulate like that? Not from a position mm. where they were, they were in the game mm. and just disappear. Yeah. Not that you know, eleven minutes is long in the game, but uh, no, not anywhere near like that. I mean, mm. Germany were clinical and they just exposed them for a. Clearly a systematical issue in defence and through the, the middle third of the ground. But the way they did it, mm. I couldn't believe what I was saying, yeah. Carlos. Could not believe, I'm sure many people, and that's mm. why Michael's got it as his wow moment, couldn't believe what uh, they were seeing. But the clinical mm. finishing was great. And in fact, they almost embarrassed them with how easy they scored. Yeah, And, at, and this at, is Brazil we're talking about. Remember I said last week that I reckon the Germans got together at halftime and said, listen, we don't want to embarrass these guys. And there was a story after that. Do you reckon they did? Yeah. I, I reckon they got to I, – I felt that in the second half that they didn't probably go 110% like they normally do. They probably just went 100%. They could have put the foot on the throat, you reckon? Well, I reckon they could have got double figures, personally. I, oh. I, I felt they could have got double figures. And there was a player that came out after the game that they they had a, saying that at halftime they had a bit of a pack saying that we don't want to embarrass these guys. They felt that they had completely lost it to the point that if they wanted to, they could have scored double figures against Brazil. Mm. Oh, oh hey, Michael, stay on the line. Great to have you on board there from Minion. Two bottles of red and white wine from AR Property Investments coming your way. Four travel padlocks thanks to ABUS for all your travel security. And in the draw for the Skoda weekend driving experience, Richmond Skoda just down the road. Magnificent. RichmondSkoda.com.au. Give us a call back. I think you need to do. Thank you for your call. Adrian in Lower Templestowe, what was your World Cup moment? Wow moment, Adrian. Well, look, for many years, it's always been that winning team holding that cup aloft. But watching that final and in the sunset, I saw the image of Christ the Redeemer yep. in the background. I thought that is going to be the ultimate and it's going to be very hard to beat in my terms. Yeah, Adrian, no, we were lucky to sort of be in and around Rio you know, for six or seven days. And they lit up that statue Many way, I mean the, the effects, the lighting effects they had, and the, and the sunset at different times, and, and even when it was, uh, there was some days that were really overcast days, and you'd get it sort of poking out the top of the clouds at different times, and when you went up there and looked down, that was incredible. I mean, Rio is a spectacular city. It's not always safe <laughs> to, to to travel around Rio, but uh, I got to say, we we witnessed a really spectacular city with the mountains around, and the water, and then the Christ Redeemer and the Madacana. I mean, Christ Redeemer is overlooking Madacana. 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 Yeah, Madacana. Yeah, oh, that's a good word. Like and uh, and so for me, it was just the whole thing was very it was really spectacular. And you're right, that was just one of the many sort of uh, looks, image, isn't it? yeah, the images of uh, Christ the Redeemer with the, with the sunset. Uh, thank you, Adrian, for your call. People are <laughs> saying off the SMS, short memory half, the Blues capitulated by 10 goals on Saturday night, and then Pete says Collingwood completely threw in the towel after quarter time on the, against the Bombers. Carlos is asking during my time. <laughs> That's right. My time. I didn't yeah. play on the weekend.
Yeah. Funnily enough. Mm. Thank you for your SMSs, though. Even though, by the way, the way he looks at his Hugo Boss stuff today, you could certainly get out there any time. All gasmanned up, I am. Just all gasmanned up, Carlos. Make myself as sharp as I can. Vinny in Montana South. G'day, Vinny. Uh, g'day, boys. How are you? Good, well. That's good. Uh, I reckon uh, just a bit of a wow moment. I was like, I'll, when when Messi won the golden ball, I was thinking, you know, wow, I don't think I don't think he should have got it. I reckon it should have went to Robin from the Netherlands. Mm, yep. And um, as far as um, the best World Cups, I mean, they're always great World Cups, but I have to go off 80, 82 and 2006, Carlos. Yeah, are you are Italian, are you, Vinny? Yeah, yeah, eighty two. That every Italian, uh, you would have been running up and down Logan Street with your Azuri top on, and yeah, when I was like about six years old. Yeah, <laughs> the lot, I'll tell you, with a lot of uh, Italians running up and down the Logan Street that day. Uh, for me, if you're looking at the best World Cup, and it, look, I'm not saying technically, but from your memory, something that enthralls you for four weeks straight. Uh, and you know, people have heard me say this, and you probably get sick of it, but Maradona's World Cup in '86 for me. From the first game to that final, he controlled that whole tournament. And he was just, I've never seen anything like it. He won the tournament for Argentina off his own boot in a poor team. Mm. I mean, that's the difference. If Messi had, if Messi, if Argentina had won this and Messi had played this World Cup, you know, he, he had his moments and, uh, and he was up there with the, some of the best players. It wasn't the best for me, but some of the best players. If they had won the World Cup, uh, that was a decent Argentinian team that, that was on the ground and they were very competitive and you know they're probably well worth a win on, on any given day. But that Argentinian side in 86 was a, was a poor team and they went on to win it and it was literally you know, off one guy's boot. The way he, he played, the way he, he scored goals and assists and you know, he was just an absolute fantastic leader during that whole thing. That's, how, that's what I remember as a kid watching that. Thanks, Vinny, for that. I want to just park that messy discussion. We'll get into that after mm. the break, Carlos, about whether or not he was a worthy winner, Diego Maradona having his say uh, yesterday and in today's press. And we'll get our fans to get involved in that discussion as well and get your opinion. Peter in Cheltenham has got a wow moment for us for the World Cup. G'day, Pete. Oh, yeah, Harf and Carlos. Go ahead, Pete. Um, well, my wow moment. Oh, do you want me to name my first World Cup I liked? Well, if you, you want do that to. while you're here, mate. Well, when I was a kid, my first World Cup I ever watched, which was my favourite, is 1970. I was okay. uh, seven years old. Yep. And I watched the great Pelé, Rivellino, Gisele, and all those boys, Gisele, uh, Gerson, and um, and then from England you had Charlton and uh, Bobby Moore, and all. I remember watching all of them, Bobby Moore and uh, Peters, and yeah, it was a fantastic, mate. Especially uh, the final against Italy, and they had uh, Luis Riva and. Uh, Pazzola and then yeah. uh, Riviera come on. Greats of Italy. Yeah. Uh, Facetti. Yeah. Sorry, the left back, the captain. He played in about 62, 66, 70, 74, 78 World Cups, mate. Yeah, fantastic. And um, uh, they, they, they did the best they could with Catanacho in those days there, uh, Pete. So this year's World Cup, he stole me thunder, Carlos. No. James Rodriguez in the, uh, the chest, uh, beautiful technique in Uruguay, mm. the goal. Yep. Uh, Van Persie's header. Yep. Uh, of course, I'm not, of course, it would be remiss of me not to mention uh, our own Timmy Cale. Yes, mm-hmm. very remiss. Uh, and um, I think who else? Oh, and um, oh, I have to mention the great man, mate, Lionel Messi's goals. Yeah, against Iran, it was a cracking yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah it was a really Iran. good one. Yeah. Good on you, Pete. Thank you for that. So, some great memories from yesteryear with the 1970 discussion there. That's when Carlos Alberto, you, I think we've got a little uh, bit of the grab at the start when I actually scored the cracker. Carlos when Pe- when Pele laid it off for me, I was, I was in stride. 
I, I, I struck it in stride. Inside of the foot or yes. the fall on the laces? No, no just, uh, I can't, it's one of those instinctive things. I can't really explain how I did it, but uh, I don't like to talk about it that much a half to tell you. I know you're a very yeah. modest yeah. man, but just I'm glad you actually gave us some sort of insight there. Thank you, Pete. Matt's in Kilside. G'day, Matty. Hey, lads. I was going to talk about halftime Zorio and Hummus, but <laughs> I, would, uh, I would like to bring up um, the thing that wowed me about the World Cup was how the United States of America gripped uh, with their people grip the tournament. Yeah. Um, I saw, I follow a lot of stuff on Instagram and Facebook and everything, and just, just the way that everyone got, every sports person in America, every every person in the public just got right behind their team, and um, the support was amazing. Like Tim Howard's performance in the, in the uh, so round of 16 or quarter final against Belgium was just, um, was just phenomenal. 16 saves, obviously, is the most ever in a, in a World Cup match, and he was, Unbelievable. Clint Dempsey was amazing, mm. showing that you can go back to the MLS and, and still keep your technique and still keep your standards. And then Jermaine, Jermaine Jones' goal um, from when he took one touch to his right and then thundered it in. The keeper didn't even move when it went in the back of the net. Fantastic summary there, Matt. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is they had uh, stuff on Twitter before the World Cup where people were walking around the streets of New York and asking people who they thought was going to win the World Cup. Mm. And one or two people said Liverpool. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so that uh, what I think that was the point they were trying to make is that the Americans all of them didn't even know there was a World Cup, but then you see, you know their Brilliant their own response. fan fests and stuff. People going off, and I, I look, I I think the Americans are a little bit more um, broad minded than what we used to think they were about football. A lot of people played in the colleges. A lot of the, I mean the female the females and the the kids. There's big big numbers. Yeah, big big numbers, and the MLS has uh, suddenly been a respected league over there. So. I think uh, I think it's probably they've come a long way the Americans as far as their knowledge of the game and their awareness of uh, the big events around the world. Well, Ed White was talking about it yesterday how big mm. significant it was most watched World Cup or soccer game ever mm. Um, mm. that was the final. So that's that's good for the game with the growth of the MLS as well. Thank you, Matty. Gavin's in Berwick with you before the break. G'day, Gav. Hey, g'day, fellas. My big wow moment was definitely Brazil versus Germany when they were scoring those goals in the first half. I was like everyone else; my my mouth was just dropping. Yeah. Um, but when you when you look at their defence there, the one thing I noticed on a few of those goals was one of their players, I think it was David Luiz, is that his name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, about three times he left his man to attack the ball. As soon as he did, uh, goal. Simple as that. So, I don't know, it would just seem like that, there was, that he just didn't have a defensive mindset or just thought that, you know, that they were going to win it anyway. And uh, before you knew it, there were three or four goals down. It was amazing. Gavin, the the uh, the special the the, the the expert pundits after the game credited him with six of the goals. <laughs> you know, uh, six. Being at fault for six of the goals, he had. I mean, I if he might have had a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a nightmare, like when I used to have a nightmare, which is probably weekly when I used to play, I used to do it in front of fifty people in the state leagues, right? He's just done it in front of billions of people plus two hundred million of his own compatriots, uh, and then he can leave and go to. PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, that's because he's crossed over from Chelsea to over there. But his family's still got to remain in Brazil and his friends. Uh, I, I think they've gone into hiding. Have they? Oh, well, I think it's probably clever because, I mean, he's, he'll forever be remembered uh, as a worst player <laughs> in Brazil's worst ever performance in its history. I'm not sure you put that on the resume, Carlos. Yeah, that's right. I'm not sure that's getting a line on my LinkedIn profile <laughs> if I'm David Luiz. <laughs> 
Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, great stuff. Also, we should mention, of course, the chomping incident with Luis Suarez. Ah, yes. Uh, that was a wow moment mm. uh, for very different reasons. And I want to talk about Louis and transfers after the break as well. But we'll get into the discussion about who should have been the golden ball player mm. uh, for the World Cup. Uh, Lionel Messi has given the honour after the final. But we'll get your calls on who should have been. Get Carlos' opinion as well after this. 11-16 SEN. Halftime with Daniel Harford for Midas and Waverley BMW. Offering exceptional new, used and demonstrator BMW models. 22, Carlos Alberto Diego is talking the world game with us after the hugely successful 2014 FIFA World Cup. And uh, before the break, threw out a little teaser about the uh, golden ball, Carlos. Lionel Messi yep. from Argentina, the losing team in the grand final, uh, or the grand final, the final, uh, got awarded that award. Wasn't overly wrapped about it at the time, and no. fair enough too. It's a, it's a team game. And off the SMS, Tony Millpark says, why one individual? Isn't it a team game? Tony, I'm not sure how much sport you've watched in recent <laughs> years. Uh, there's a fair few individual awards going around these days, particularly yes. in big competitions. Uh, we can call it a Brownlow, yep. a Dally M. The, a, the um, Golden Prong. Golden Prong, the Johnny Warren yes. the medal. Most sports have individual yep. accolades that go with the team components, so don't get too surprised about that. But was he the right recipient of the award, Carlos? You know what? There was moments in games uh, where he was abs- un- yeah, unplayable. I was watching him against two or three, four players, and they just couldn't get the ball off him. He's just all left-sided. I mean, just brilliant watching those moments. Uh, But if you're looking at a player who is the best of a tournament, um, I don't know if if he had enough quiet times, especially during the knockout rounds, where I thought, no, that's probably more of a, uh, I don't know, sentimental type thing. And I was just thinking maybe just to really shove it up Maradona, because I know he's had his problems with Sepp Blatter in uh, FIFA. Yes, uh, maybe giving it to Messi because uh, you know they're so desperate for Maradona to be, you know, taken from his mantle as the best player for Argentina ever, and then the best player in the world, and they're wanting someone like Lionel Messi who creates no trouble. He's never got any scandal. Having said that, there was a scandal with, uh, I think, uh, transfer or no tax problems. He had tax problems in Spain oh, last year. Couldn't fill out the forms. Very complicated. Absolutely, but he paid all that back apparently, like a good uh, citizen does. But uh, he's not. He's never a controversial character. He certainly doesn't uh, go and challenge authority or anything like that. So uh, I think they're, they're wanting him to be the poster boy. And, and, and I was thinking maybe that was a bit of a bit of a slap to Diego Maradona, who did say, as you said before the break, that yeah. he didn't feel messy. Uh, his own uh, uh, countryman uh, didn't. He didn't feel that he deserved to be the best player of the tournament. I'd give Leo the sky, but when it's not deserved and it's just marketers, interesting point, who wanted to make him win something he didn't win, it's unfair," said Maradona on uh, Argentinian TV. Uh, Rodriguez was the best player of the World Cup for yep. Diego. James certainly in the running. Uh, other nominations through would have been your man um, Neymar. Before he got hurt, yeah, I, have a big one. Uh, uh, yeah, look, he was okay. He was okay. I'm not Robin. So, yeah, Robin. Are you Robin? Yeah, I was going to say Robin is scary, especially watching him live. Um, we obviously got to watch him against Australia, and we actually kept him in pretty much good check. But whenever he's on the ball, he's so powerful, so I just smart. How quick he was. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, speed, unbelievable speed and power. Uh, and I think the game against Costa Rica, where they went into extra time, and uh, and 
he just seemed to get stronger when everyone else got weaker around him or got more tired. He just uh, he really impressed me in this World Cup. I know he's a controversial character, throws himself to the ground. He even admits when he simulates these days. Controversial, man. He yeah. just drops. Yeah, he does. And he, remember before the tournament started, he had a bit of a blue yeah, with one with of his, his teammates, teammates who accused him of simulation at training. So, so uh, he's not—he's not always loved, but he—you know—you talk about hate respect. Yeah, I had hate respect for him. That's okay. In the end, uh, but big respect because I thought he's a great player. Well, Jim in Doncaster wants to have his say. G'day, Jim. Yeah, g'day guys. How are you? Good well. They look hot off the presses, guys. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, Luis Suarez. Did you hear that the uh, Liverpool players had a farewell dinner for him organised? Did you hear about it? <laughs> no, what, what happened? Well, well he arrived late, so uh, all the food was eaten, so they gave him the cold shoulder. Ah, uh, brilliant. Jimmy nice from work, Doncaster. Jim. Just a little zinger. <laughs> Just a little zinger for us on the World Game. Good stuff. Uh, now, feedback off the SMS, Carlos. It's emphatic that halftime zone James Rodriguez <laughs> yeah. should have been the winner of the Golden Ball. Yeah, no. Look, yeah, he's up. He's certainly up there, and he had those moments through games and his skills. And it doesn't it doesn't uh, disadvantage him being a pretty. He's very pretty. He's a, he's a good looking young man. I think uh, that probably gets a few votes. But uh, for me, with consistency, and I think uh, Ian Robin actually got to that next level in his game. He was actually more of a leader, less of a controversial character amongst his own. Sometimes he's actually accused of being very selfish and with, uh, full of self-interest. But the way he played in this World Cup, I thought he was a real team man, a real leader for the Dutch. And he played a fair bit with his, with a smile on his face, which I don't always see with uh, in Robin. And I thought his uh, he's, uh, double-pronged attack with uh, a combination with uh, Van Persie at times was really dangerous too. So... Well, there's nothing that gets us going here in halftime more than a multi-prong attack. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. 14-2, Suarez uh, will feature in the next seg as well because it's transfer season. There's a lot of players moving, Carlos. Uh, a couple of big names mm. on the move as well. Luis Suarez, of course, being one of those to Barcelona. And we'll talk more about that after this. On 11-16 SEN, halftime with Daniel Harford for Midas and Waverley BMW. Experience the ultimate driving machine today. 11 to 2, Carlos Alberto Diego is with us. Don't forget the boys, all four of them will be back on the waves tonight from 11 p.m. until midnight on the Four Diego's. You can check out their work at Four Diego's on Twitter and fourdiegos.com via the webinator. Now, Carlos, uh, Suarez to Barcelona. Mm. A couple of questions for you. Is he worth the money and should Liverpool have sold him? I thought he went for cheap. Uh, the talk is they, have, they haven't actually uh, I don't think they've got a formal figure but some of the figures bandied around at the moment is around the 75 million pound mark mm-hmm. um, which I think is 134 million Australian or something like that but uh, I thought that given that Gareth Bale went for 90 plus uh, 90 million euro plus I think it was last year I thought uh, 75 is a bit cheap the question I want to ask a lot of Liverpool fans out there um, and anyone else who wants to contribute but uh, should they have sold him? I mean, he was mid-contract. Um, they're in the Champions League. Okay, he bit someone, but he didn't bite. Didn't didn't for bite, the third uh, yeah, time. Yeah, but he didn't Carlos. bite anyone in the Liverpool shirt. They could have justified keeping him, I reckon. Um, I, I'm just a bit surprised that they they didn't even they they didn't hesitate. They just you know Barcelona came in. There's been no argy bargy about the, him going. Everyone's agreed, and he's gone. I'm just surprised Liverpool's doing it. Well, surely they think they're getting a bargain then. They're getting a steal. Uh, Barcelona? No, Liverpool. If they're happy to get him mid-contract with all these um, competitions there with the Champions yep. League and the like, if they're happy to offload him, surely they're thinking, 
We've we've stooged these blokes for seventy five million pounds or whatever it is. Whatever oh, the yeah, is. We've stooged them for this. They we, usually he's t- not worth it. Let's take the deal. Yeah, but half you know he's electrifying, and I'm not saying. Oh, by the way, I, I don't I don't actually uh, condone uh, any behaviour because a player's a good player. You know, I, I don't do that at all. But uh, it's not the first time that big clubs around the world have just turned a blind eye because the player's such a great player. He'd be in the top two or three players in the world right now mm. on his day. And he's just absolutely electrifying. And, and it's something that Liverpool needed. But I'm just wondering, and I, I applaud Liverpool if it's because they're going back to the the boot room values of the 80s where, you know, your behaviour on and off the pitch is just as important how, of how good a player you are as a, how good a player you are. And I think if they're going back to that and it's led by Brendan Rodgers, who I really rate highly as a manager, good on him. Good on him. But... It's rare in world football that a big, big club would uh, would not just turn a blind eye just so they can keep the best players. Maybe their players like their shoulders intact. Uh, Daniel <laughs> is in Frankston. G'day, Dan. Hi there, guys. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, it's good. I'm a Liverpool fan and uh, obviously a big fan of Suarez, the player, but I think it just comes to a time where he just becomes too much of a PR nightmare for the club and you just got to bite the bullet and, and part ways. And... Uh, the money we got for a 27-year-old to completely overhaul the squad, you know, you, you've got to pretty much accept that and, and be happy with it in the end. No, Daniel, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I just thought, you know, they've worked so hard to get into the Champions League after so many years that uh, they, it didn't seem like they lost a lot of sleep about letting him go. That's all, and I'm not saying they've made the wrong decision either. I'm just surprised they didn't try and hang on to him or didn't sort of delay it a bit, maybe try and get a bit more money. You're right, a 27-year-old, but he's a 27-year-old who, uh, you know, Fennick, and when he when he's on song and and playing, uh, you know, football to his best of his ability, we even saw it in, in little bits and pieces in the World Cup, uh, anywhere around the goal, the guy's dynamite. Little bits. <laughs> I like the way you just throw little puns in. You're a star. Thank you, Daniel, for your call. Uh, just off, uh, just going through the other some of the other transfers, Carlos. One of the big ones was Alexis Sanchez mm. from Barcelona going to Arsenal for what, 44 million pounds. I think a huge result for Gunners. Oh, and I, I, I probably wouldn't have been as impressed. From Chile, wasn't he? Yeah, Chile, 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 Chilean, and. Uh, I probably wouldn't have been as impressed with that signing because I didn't see a lot of him. I know he's with Barcelona. I know he's a great player, but I didn't see a lot of him until I saw him against Australia in that first game. And uh, you know, I think I mentioned that uh, sometimes when you see something live on, on a football pitch, not far away from the football pitch, you see someone who's head and shoulders above everyone else on that pitch, including his own teammates. That was uh, Alessi Sanchez. He was absolutely unbelievable. The Australians couldn't get anywhere near him. He was great in, uh, in receiving the balls between the lines and just turning and wreaking havoc. Yeah. At times, he was just—he uh, was just. I just thought to myself, this guy is an unbelievable player. So, Arsenal fans out there, stand up, rejoice, pat yourselves on the back. He's going to be brilliant for you guys in the EPL this season. A couple of big teams haven't missed either. Chelsea getting uh, Diego Costa from Atletico Madrid mm. and Cesc Fabregas back from Barcelona. Uh, Man City, who they get? Uh, 34 million. No, Man United. Sorry, got Luke Shaw yep. from Southampton and Atletico Bilbao uh, midfielder under Herrera. Yep. Uh, both on big dollars, 34, 36 million pound transfers. Yeah, but they, I mean, they're, 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 they were sort of concluded beforehand. The ones that, oh, the ones that people are waiting for at the moment is Semi Kadira. Uh, the Germ- up to. Yeah, the German, uh, by the way, he's got a very nice wag partner too, by the way. Right, cool. uh, Sammy Kadira, they're talking Arsenal or Chelsea, uh, but he commands just a, a miserly $370,000 a week 
in wages, <laughs> which might uh, scare off Arsenal a bit, but might not scare off Chelsea. Um, the other ones, uh, Shakiri. I mean, I'm surprised no one's actually rung in and talked about their wow moment being Shakiri plays for uh, Switzerland. Did he you scored- sing the song? <laughs> yes, yeah, Shakira is his sister, right? <laughs> so Shakiri is, uh, but he scored a cracking goal against Ghana, I think it was, uh, in the uh, group stages. He, they're talking about him maybe going to Liverpool. Uh, Yaya Toure is, uh, I think he's had enough of Man, Man City. He's looking to go going elsewhere. I've heard that. Uh, Paul Pogba, the uh, French international who had a fairly good World Cup, they're looking at him maybe going somewhere else. Arturo Vidal for Ch- uh, Chile. They're looking at him leaving Juventus and maybe going to Man U. Edson Cavani, who I wasn't overly impressed, uh, the Uruguayan centre-forward, uh, he looks like he might be going somewhere. And they're talking about maybe uh, Man U there. Um, and Ron Vlaar, what a great name for a centre-half. Ronnie Vlaar. He's, he's, Aston Villa, hack of a centre-half, suddenly had a great World Cup. Everyone wants him now. They're, they're talking about him maybe going to um, uh, Man U. We're not trading you, Carlos. Carlos. <laughs>